0: Good to see each and every one, and we're going to have the message in the Word, but before we do that, let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer, shall we? Father, this is very challenging, the words of this song, that when people see us, Lord, we want them to see you, Lord Jesus, and not see us. Lord, hide us behind your cross. Hide me behind the cross today. May the Holy Spirit... Uh, Lead and direct and guide through the word today that it will come alive to our hearts and be a challenge and be a blessing and be an encouragement to everyone here. And for those who do not yet know the Savior, we pray that today might be the first day of a newfound life in Christ. We just commit this to you now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we start a new year, it's always good to reflect upon what we've done in the past, and then to move forward and look forward to what God is going to do. And so many times we look around us in the world today and we wonder why things happen. Some things are so horrible you wonder, why did that happen? Even in our lives sometimes, troubles happen, problems happen, and we wonder why. Sometimes we ask the Lord, why did that happen? It doesn't seem like God is in control of certain things, but He is. He's still on the throne and He's still in control and He's still in control of our lives. And so, recently I was given a book and I've been reading it. I was given it by Randy and it's by Charles Stanley. It's a little book, beautiful book, and it's entitled God is in Control, an Unshakable Peace in the Midst of Life's Storms. And when I saw that title, God is in Control... I've been thinking about it ever since. I've been meditating on it. I've been thinking about how God is in control. And I want Him to have full control of everything in my life. And that's really the joy that we can have as believers because we don't know what we're going to face this year. We may have problems and perplexities and all kinds of trials and afflictions that may come upon us. But when we stop to think, God is in control of it. He's allowing it in our lives for a reason. He loves us. He cares for us. And he wants the best for us. And he's going to bring things into our lives that are going to really encourage us this year, I am sure of it. One definition of the word control from the Webster's Dictionary that I really like is this. To exercise authority over, to direct, to command. And you know what? God is our commander-in-chief. Now, in our country, President Bush is the commander-in-chief. And everyone obeys the president. He's well-respected leader of the world. But God is really our supreme commander-in-chief. And when He says it, I better do it. And I better do it now. Not delay it, put it off, or make excuses. But when God wants me to do something, He is in control of my life. He's my Lord and my King. And I want to do what He wants me to do. He is the governing authority. Someone once said this in a, in a form of a poem. God is before me... He will be my guide. God is behind me. No ill can be tied. God is beside me to comfort and cheer. God is around me. So why do I fear? And when you think about it, God is with us every day of our lives. He's inside us through the Holy Spirit. He's all around us. And he wants us to know as we go forth into this new year, he's in control. That nothing is going to happen to us outside of His either perfect will or His permissive will. We can be assured of that. We can rejoice in that today. And we're just going to look at three things this morning. First of all, who is He that's in control of our lives? It's our great God. Secondly, we're going to look at what He's done for us and what He's continuing to do for us as we surrender our lives to Him. And then third, why we can get up in the morning and face life with joy because God is in control of our lives. And I'd just like to read three scriptures this morning to you that relate to the control of God. If you want to turn to at least the first one is Romans 8, verse 28. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is so blessed and encouraging. And it's one of many favorites that I have, but this one is tremendous. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans and he says this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. What a joy, what a promise there that we can claim for the Lord. Now, the next verse, and you don't need to turn to these next two passages, but remember when we studied about Joseph and what he went through with his brothers. He said to his brothers one time, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil for me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. You meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Only the Lord can turn the bad into good in our lives. And then Esther chapter 4 verses 13 and 14 is Uncle Mordecai speaking to his niece Esther, who is at this point the queen under King Ahasuerus and All the Jews have been put under a death sentence, as we know that story, by Haman and wicked Haman. And so, Mordecai comes to her asking for her help to speak on behalf of the Jews to the king. And he says this to to Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In other words, God brought her up, raised her up to be queen for such a time as this at just the exact time to save his people from utter destruction. Is God in control? Yes. As our brother Sam shared in the devotion, he gave us a really good devotion on Monday night. In the book of Esther, God's name is not mentioned one single time. It's amazing. And yet we see him working behind the scenes and he's in control and he brings about his will. It's just amazing and wonderful to me. Well, let's first of all look at who this great God is that has control of the universe and wants to have control of our lives as well. One of the things that really amazes me about God is He is a sovereign God. You know, God doesn't have to answer to anybody. He doesn't have to give an account or explain why He did something. He is a sovereign God. He can do whatever He chooses to do. And what He chooses to do is to do what's best for us in life. And that's the thing that we can know this year as we start off 2004. Whatever happens, it's going to be in keeping with what God has for us that's going to be best for us. You know, when you're growing up as a child, you know, the parents always tell the kids, I'm doing this for your own good. And the kid says, what? doesn't look like it. You're spanking me for my own good? You're taking away my computer privileges for my own good? My bicycle? I can't do this, I can't do that. Yes, parents love their kids and they're disciplining them. Well, how much more? God loves us. He's doing these things in our lives for the good. His plans as a sovereign God will never be frustrated They'll never need to be altered or changed. Nobody can affect what God does. He is in complete control. I like what it says in Proverbs 20 and verse 24. It says, a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? And that's a wonderful thing to know as we start off this year, 2004, that my steps are guided by the Lord. My steps are guided by the Lord. And as someone said, also my stops are guided by the Lord. Sometimes we're going along and things are just great and all of a sudden the Lord stops us with an illness or an accident or an injury or something that lay us aside. He says, I want you to just sit in my presence and learn some lessons. And we're so anxious sometimes to get back going. But God says, I want to, uh, your steps and your stops are under my control. And we can thank the Lord for that. You know, when we realize that God can direct everything, that really brings comfort to our hearts. He can even direct the government leaders that we have and the world leaders. There's a verse in Scripture in Proverbs 21, one that says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. You know, the world leaders think they're making decisions so many times. And yet God is working and he's directing and he's using these things for the good in the lives of his people. One thing that's really amazing to me is back in the Old Testament when the Jews were taken into captivity in Babylon, Jeremiah made a prophecy that sounded amazing. It sounded impossible. It could never happen. He said there's going to be a ruler by the name of King Cyrus. It's going to be raised up at the end of the 70 years, captivity. And he is going to make a proclamation that all the Jews are to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Didn't that sound strange? They hadn't even gone into captivity yet. And he's saying an earthly ruler, an ungodly ruler is going to be raised up and is going to be used by God to get his people back. And did God do it? Yes, he did. Is he in control? Yes. He's in full control of everything that is going on in the world today and especially in control of our lives. So he's a sovereign God. You know what else? God is an unchanging God. And for for one thing, I am so thankful for that because weather changes, people change, things change, I change, you change. God never changes. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And isn't that comforting? The same God that was the God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament, He's the God of my life today. He's the Savior of my life today. He never changes. And He is always good. He's consistently perfect and perfectly consistent. God doesn't need to change like we do. We need to change because we need improvement. We need to get a better grade or a better score on things. But God never needs to change because He's perfect. He's holy. And that's the one thing about God that is so tremendous among many other things is that not only is he a sovereign God, but he is an unchangeable God. There's a word that the theologians use for God's unchangeableness, and it's called immutability. It means that God doesn't change. He's not immutable. He cannot be changed. And then third, not only is he an an unchanging God, but he's an all-powerful God. The one who has control of the universe and has control of my life is all powerful. I really liked how our brother read about that verse. Dan read it today about how with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. And that's because he's an all powerful God. The one who parted the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to go through on dry ground. That's our God. He's still doing miracles today in our lives. One day back in the days of Jeremiah, the Lord put a question to Jeremiah and He asked them this. He said, Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You know, sometimes we say, No, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. And it's real easy while we're sitting in these nice cushioned seats here on a Sunday morning having a wonderful day together. But when we go out on Monday morning and the problems start coming at work and and the stress and all these things, do we remember then that there's nothing too hard for the Lord? When we get to the 11th hour and we're waiting for His answer and we're holding on, do we know that there's nothing that's too hard or too difficult for the Lord in our lives? Yes, He is an all-powerful God. And these characteristics are just one of many of the attributes of God. You could make a study of the attributes of God and there's so many, it'll fill up sermon after Bible study, after message. You could have for a long time on the wonderful characteristics of God. And if you've never studied them, please go home, make a study of all the attributes of God and you will be so amazed at our God. But one of the things about it is these characteristics, as great as they are, His sovereignty, His unchangeableness or immutability, His all-powerfulness, that's His omnipotence, they're great, but are they personal? Those characteristics aren't necessarily personal. But one that's really personable that blesses my heart is he's an all-loving God too. Not only is he a sovereign God, an all-powerful God, a never-changing God, but he's a personal God. He's a loving God who loves us individually and personally. He wants to have an intimate, one-on-one relationship with everyone. And because he's so great, he can do it all at the same time. We can have one-on-one with the Lord while millions of Christians around the world are doing the same thing. We can be praying and God is hearing our prayers and the prayers of everybody else and He's answering them. That's how great our God is. Yes, for God so loved the world and you can put your name in that verse. That He gave His only begotten Son that whoever, and you can put your name in there, believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. He loves me so much and he can't love us anymore because his love is at the max and there is no more. And we thank God for that. And this is the God who is in control of my life. He's not a God who wants to come down heavy on us and be a heavy taskmaster and force us to do things. He's a loving God who offers us the opportunity to let him come and take control. He doesn't force himself on anyone. And I thought about it. Isn't it wonderful how God loves us in spite of ourselves? And despite our sins and our mistakes and our weaknesses, he still loves us. That's the kind of God that we know is in control. And we can thank the Lord for that. Well, secondly, let's look at what God has done in our lives and what he's doing in our lives. This God who has control over this whole universe is such a great God. He looked down upon us in our need and he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to come into this world to save us and die for us. And do you think that for a moment, that now that you're a child of God, that He's ever going to walk away from you? The Bible says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And that's a promise that all of us can claim. He's not going to say in the tough times when things are rough and we've got ourselves into major problems, which we do from time to time. He's not going to say, well, you blew it too bad today, Dean. Nope, that's a bad one. I'm sorry, you can't be my child anymore. he will never say that. He loves you as a son or as a daughter so much. And He loves me and I'm thankful for that. And you know what? Because He loves us so much, He's concerned about the things that concern us. And you might have a concern today. You might have a care today and things that's burdening your heart. And I don't know what your circumstances are right now, but you know. But in your heart, that thing that's concerning you, that's bringing you down, that's making a burden in your heart, He's concerned about it. He knew about it before it happened to you. And He cares for you and He's going to answer your prayer. And He wants you to come and take your burdens and bring it to Him. Because the Bible says, casting all your anxiety upon Him, for He cares for you. And that's the wonderful thing about it. We may be going through physical pain or emotional pain or mental pain, sometimes financial pain, whatever it might be. But the Lord says to us, come, bring me that and I will bear it for you. I love you and I'm going to do that for you this year. I love that hymn we oftentimes sing and the hymn writer said it so well. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cares for me. That is so fantastic. My great uncle Irvin used to sing that all the time and I love it. And Jenny sings it too and it's a great blessing. And as I read earlier this morning, Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. But you know what? God has made promises there. But there's two things that have to happen before we can claim that promise. Notice that. Notice what he says. He says, God causes all things to work together for good or all things work together for good to who? To those who love God. You can't be unsaved and not know Christ and expect that verse to come true. You have to love God. You have to accept Him as your Savior. And you have to love Him in your life. And then you have to be called according to His purpose. In other words, if you're in God's will and you're surrendered to God's will, you can claim that verse that God will cause all things to work together for good in your life. Because you are fulfilling your part of that. You know, God can take the circumstances of our lives and He can turn it around. Look what He did with Joseph. He raised him up to be prime minister so that He could save his family and the whole world from famine. He raised up Esther to be queen over the empire and to to be there for such a time as this to save them. And He's doing the same thing in our lives. You know, I was thinking about how God is in control of my life and we have to yield the control. I was telling Adel yesterday, you know it's amazing? That... Man is the only creature that doesn't automatically obey God. All the other creatures, the birds and the, and the animals and the fish, they all do God's will. If God says to do something, they do it. Look what happened when Jesus said to throw in, Peter, throw in your fishing line and you're going to get a fish and in it is going to be a coin. Peter would say, okay, Lord, that sounds... Uh, Impossible, but I'm going to do it. So he threw it in. They brought up the fish, opened its mouth, and there was a coin in its mouth. That fish was obedient to the Lord. The donkey that the Lord rode on was obedient to the Lord. You know, all creatures are obedient, but he made man with a free will. You and I have a free will. We, we can either choose to surrender to the Lord and have him control us, or we can be in control of our own life. Captain of our own destiny, of our own ship. That never works. We're going to end up crashing on the rocks of this world. But it's my desire that the Lord be the pilot of my plane. It's my desire that He be the captain of my ship. And it's the Lord's desire that, I be the, that He be the driver of my car. I want Him to, to take over. You know, some of us don't like to drive with other people because we feel a little uncomfortable, you know, because we, they don't drive as well as we do. or we're a little, So, you know, we're sitting over on the side and we're sitting there and we are a little uncomfortable because somebody else is at the controls. They drive too fast. They drive too slow. They drive in the wrong lane and they don't put their blinkers on. it. we're thinking, you know, are we going to get there safely or not? <laughs> but I can tell you with assurance today, seriously, that when God is in control, you have the best driver. He will take you to the destination safely. He's promised that. And we can know that when he's in control of our lives, he can do it. He's a sovereign, unchanging, all-powerful and loving God. And you know what? He'll never force his way into our lives. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. But as that picture was once shown, it shows the doorknob is on the inside, not on the outside. And we have to open the door of our heart to Him and say, Lord, come in and take over completely. And that's where surrender comes in and that's where yieldedness comes in when we face these different things of life. And we have to say, Lord, come in. Take control. Sit down here on the throne of my heart. I give you every room. I give you every key. I give you everything in my life. And God, who loves us so much, is not going to take over and say, okay, well the first thing I'm going to do is take away all your fun and all the things you like to do and all these kinds of things. In fact, it's opposite. He likes it and He loves it when we're happy. You know that? He loves to see us happy. He loves to see us do the things we enjoy doing. And I am personally of the opinion, I don't know for sure, this is only (laughs) my opinion, but when we get to heaven, I really believe things that we like to do, He's going to have for us. He'll have our mansion just the way we like it. He'll have everything ordered and prepared. He says, I know Dean likes to do this and he likes this. And I know we like to eat this or that, that we maybe can't eat here. I believe he'll let us do that, don't you? That's because he loves us so much and he's preparing a place for us. This God who has control over the universe wants to have control in our life. And he's not the bossy type, really, like I said. He wants to be our loving Lord who helps us and guides us and directs us in the right path. And finally, why can we get up in the morning and face life with joy and go on daily? And the reason is we realize that God is in control of our lives. You know, that makes all the difference in the world. Because if I didn't think God was in control of my life, can you imagine of the fear that you you would have if you didn't know God was in control? I mean, look how scared we were and fearful we were when September 11th happened. I mean, we still remember where we were. We still remember the fear. We remember seeing all these things and wondering, is it going to happen again? We still wonder, is it going to happen again? There's all kinds of things in the world that could happen, but thank God He's in control. He's in control of the world. He's in control of your life. He's in control of my life. And we can thank Him for that. I have a little sign in my bedroom. I've had it for quite a while and I have it up. And it says this, good morning, this is God. I will be handling all your problems today. I will not need your help, so have a good day. <laughs> I, I love when I see that like, a, have a good day. But you know, God is not being sarcastic or facetious here. He is telling us, when he tells you have a good day, he's saying, if you let me control your life today, you will have a good day. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have some trials and difficulties and hard times, but guess what? I'm going to take you through it and I'm going to bring you safely through it and you're going to have victory. And that is the best way to have a good day. Yes, we can cast all our cares on him and know that he will take care of us. And there's really a few things that really matter. That when you realize that God is in control of your life, the first thing to realize is you don't need to worry. You know, just imagine how much stress would be taken out of the world today and worry and anxiety and all these things if everybody in the world knew that God was in control and that everything was going to be alright with Him. People would... Now, of course, the, the uh, psychiatrists wouldn't like it because they wouldn't have nobody on the couch anymore, you know. And, and all the, the uh, pharmaceutical companies wouldn't like it because there would be no volume to dispense and other medications to keep people. And, and people, some people wouldn't like it, but When you realize God's in control of your life, you really don't need to worry. And even the scripture says, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful thing. You want to get rid of anxiety and stress and worry? Just surrender to the Lord, give him over the control, and he'll give you back something. Peace. You know, peace, you cannot buy it with money. There is no way. You mentioned Bill Gates this morning. We were in our breaking of bread. This man has no peace with God, and I'm sure that if he had a chance, if he really knew he could do it, and somebody says, give me all your money, I'll give you complete peace, he probably would want to do that. Because peace is so valuable to the world, but they don't know where to look for it. They don't realize that peace is in in God. It's in Christ, not in anything else. But when we have the Savior with us, we can have peace. Secondly, when we know that God is in control of our lives, there's no need to fear. And fear is a dreadful thing when you're fearful of something and you're worried something's going to happen. It's very bad. But I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 23:4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And that's really the comfort that we can know. We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death or anything besides that, and He's going to be with us. That is allowing me to have that peace. That is tremendous. There's no need to worry or to have fear. And third, if you know that God's in control of your life, are you going to have doubts? You won't have doubts because you'll know that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who holds all things together in the universe, that God is in control of your life. He's in control of my life. And nothing happens to us by accident, happen chance, or luck, or fate. No, God is working. He's at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And he knows what is best for us. So, we're going to experience that sweet peace this year if we surrender our lives fully to the Lord and give Him the control of our lives. Yes, when God takes control, He does it right. You know, when we're in control of our lives, we know what happens. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, you've been ruling your own life. You know it since time you can remember. You have been in charge, making the decisions. You've never given over the controls to the Lord. But if you're here today and you realize that, you know, I haven't been doing very well with that. I've been running the show. I've been making the decisions. I've been calling the shots and I'm not happy. There's something missing in my life, something missing. I I can't get happy. I mean, I'm happy for a while, but then it evaporates. You know, once I get the raise, then after a while it's spent, so it's gone. I get the promotion and it feels good for a while, but then I want another one later on. Or we get some nice outfit, nice clothing, and it's beautiful and you wear it, but then it's old again. So, you've wore, so now you put it in the closet over here and you keep it for the, for the next occasion. Or whatever it is, if you put your, if you put your emphasis on things, they're going to pass away, they're going to fade away. But when you put your emphasis and priority on the one who loves us, the Lord Jesus Christ, He will be your satisfaction. He will save you from your sins and give you eternal life if you just come to Him and says, Lord, I'm a sinner. I have made a mess of my life. I have ruined my life, Lord, because I've been driving this car and every which way I go, I crash. I crash into the wall. I crash into another car. I crash. Lord, take over my life. I give you the control. Here's the keys. Here's every key, Lord. I like this little one, but I include it. You know, so many times in our lives we want to give the Lord... Most everything. But he wants it all because he says, if you hold back that one little thing, you're not giving me the full control. I can't do what I really have in store for you, which is give you the best. Surrender it all. And yet again, he won't force you. You and I have to make that decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and we can do it today. And we can go from here and say, thank you, Lord. I don't have to worry about it. You're in control now. And may the Lord encourage each and every one of us to find in Him our joy and satisfaction. So what have we seen today? We've seen that our God is a sovereign God. He's an unchanging God. He's an all-powerful God. And He's an all-loving God who takes a personal interest in us. And He wants to have control over our lives if we'll surrender it to Him. And we've also seen today that what He's done for us has been tremendous in the past. And what He's doing for us now is tremendous. And He wants us to just yield our lives to Him and leave everything in His hands. And when we surrender to Him, what do we get in return? We get sweet, everlasting, wonderful peace. And you cannot buy that with money. I'd like to conclude by a quote from Dr. Stanley, Charles Stanley. In this little book I've been reading, it's a beautiful quote. It says this, My friend, the creator of the universe, all the galaxies, stars, suns and moons can handle any and all the burdens you may experience in life. No test or trial surprises him. He is aware of every circumstance that you might go through. You don't have to live in anxiety. You can live in complete trust and true peace. If I could point to one key to peace, it's the principle of focus. Focus on God, then no matter what challenge comes before you, God's peace is available to you in Christ. Shall we make this our commitment this year, 2004, to say, Lord, you're in control of the universe. Control my heart. Control my life. Come in, Lord. Be my Lord and my Savior and take over and give me a year that's better than any other year because I have yielded the controls fully over to the Master. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we just thank you for loving us so much. You've given us so many rich promises in your word. Lord, may you work out everything together for good in our lives this year. We already want to thank you in advance for the trials and the difficulties we'll go through and also for the joys and the blessings that we'll have. We thank you that you never give us more than we can handle and you always are looking out for our best interest, Lord. Lord, we want to give you the control of our life and ask that you will do great things in and through us. And Lord, we want to give you all the glory for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.